So I hear that there's uh, there's some Go featured in the new live-action One Piece on uh, Netflix. I never watched One Piece, so I uh, can't really say much about it. But uh, apparently, there's a scene where some with some Go in it, and uh, it's it's funny how um, Go is so unknown that every time it appears somewhere, we we get all excited and we go, "Oh, look, it's Go! It's the game that we play that we love." <sighs> there, th- what's also sad is um, the amazing looking kind of like documentary style oh no not document like biopic style um movie called the match that was supposed to go out on netflix unfortunately is uh right now i have no idea what they're doing with that movie um but the movie is um it was supposed to go over the game um the rivalry between um uh lee chang ho and his master chonyan and unfortunately, one of the uh, the the lead actor who plays Ichango, he was um, caught up in some kind of drug scandal. Um, so uh, there's some there's some politics going on with the whole thing, and, and we don't I don't know when or if the the movie will be released. But I was looking so forward to that, and I'm so sad that there's stuff going on with it, and I just want to see it. I just want to see the movie. I don't care about the scandal. Just let me watch it. Um, I, I really like watching, um, go on a screen, like shot beautifully in the, in like the context of cinema, um, which is, um, why I should, I, I want to get around to watching Knives Out. I heard there's some go in that. Unfortunately, the go in, in movies, um, typically are, they're, they're really, it's really terrible. There's, um, I, I remember seeing a video on YouTube of, uh, chess grandmasters or experts what have you um going over chess scenes and movies and pointing out all the mistakes and um one of the most common ones being uh the square the the chessboard not being oriented the correct way um where the uh white square should be on the bottom right corner white is right um or sometimes the pieces are just completely set up wrong but Go is just a, it's another story. The the games just do not look like they make any sense at all. They're they're like playing Connect Four or something, and it's it's sad because it's so rare that we see the game featured in in film, and then <clears throat> when it's get when it's featured in film, it's just wrong. Did you know that there is also a, a correct way to orient a go board it looks symmetrical in all directions but if you if you look at a properly made go board you'll see that um, it's going to be longer one way than the other you'll see look at the squares um, that make up the grid and you'll see that it's it's not a square and that's because you're supposed to orient it so that the um, you are seated Along the uh, the longer side, how do I explain this? When you look at it, there's a uh, amount of perspective that kind of squishes the board, right? Because you're kind of seated seated like across from it, and um, perspective will will kind of 
squash the board to your eyes. So to kind of um, make up for that visual uh, experience, the board is purposefully made a little longer one direction than the other so that it squashes to kind of more of a square shape. Obviously, it's not going to be a perfect square, but like that's the concept. And that's why you'll see that the board is um, longer one way than the other. And I, I have seen, I don't know if it's like a movie or video or something where, where I've, I've noticed this, where the board is oriented incorrectly and you see that they're, they're, the board is like sideways and no one would notice this, <laughs> but uh, like, but a Go player. Um, but, um, another, the, the most iconic, I feel like go scene in Western cinema is the one in a beautiful mind where John Nash is playing against, I don't know who, who his opponent was actually, but they're in a park and they're playing go. And it's this, it's the most like ridiculous scene ever. I'm sure the movie's great, but I've seen the, uh, the scene multiple times just cause I like looking at a, a um, a go board on film. It's just beautiful. Even though the, the stones are all wrong and the scene doesn't make sense at all. It's beautiful. I, I like to like watch that. That's why I was so looking forward to the match. Um, but if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. It's, it's, um, it's kind of funny, right? Cause, um, they're, they're clearly trying to set up this scene as like this checkmate moment where someone plays this move. That's just so brilliant and then the other person goes ah i didn't see that coming but it's really just like this massive atari like this just massive capture and he captures the stones or i don't know what he does it doesn't really show the full shot but i'm assuming that him putting the um the white stone in the middle of the the black stones hopefully i'm not mixing up my colors here um captures those stones so it's just this basically a ddk um mistake um and they, they kind of they kind of banter over the game um like you know they're supposed to be geniuses and everything but it's funny because when you know what go is and you understand what's going on on the board you're like these guys are what are they doing um and i've also come across recently someone uploaded um the um like a deleted scene also where John Nash comes in to a room where a couple of the students are playing. They're playing a game of Go, and then he just wipes the board clean and pushes all the stones off the table, and it's just so like, oh, who would do that? That's that's ridiculous. That that's that's also painful to watch someone just throw Go stones on. It's like so. Oh, you're supposed to take care of, you know this equipment and stuff. And, and this is not like easy to come by. This is not cheap stuff, right? You can tell this, the stones are of some quality and he just wipes them off the table and they're just kind of like, Hey, and they're like in the end game or something. It looks like and there's like, what's your problem? And then he comes out and then he brings out his, this like hex, like, uh, what is it? Like a diamond, like a rhombus shaped board. And, and he says something like, Oh, by the way, the, the first scene, the one that actually is in the film, one of the most ridiculous things that he says is, um, I had the first move. My play was perfect. I should have won or something like that. And, and when, as soon as you say that your play is perfect, that that's, that's when you know that, uh, as a go player, that, that 
movie's kind of ridiculous in that one aspect at least i should probably watch the whole thing at some point but i just really like watching that one scene and watching his head bob up and down looking at pigeons and taking notes but anyway back to the deleted scene he's yeah he ruins the go board puts down his own invention of a game that looks like a rhombus grid of some sort and he, he again reiterates that that sentiment that he um uh, had expressed about the game earlier and it says, uh, I don't know, something, something, something. The person who, who um, deserves to win wins, right? Implying that in Go, it, <laughs> the person who wins doesn't necessarily deserve it. And I think it's a, it's a bit of a mockery of our of our game, but... I still appreciate that it's in the movie. You know what I mean? It's like weird. Like I, I've, I have fun with it. Like put the game in our, in the movie, right? Put go in your, in your movie, no matter how inaccurately you portray it. I appreciate that you put it in the movie, but I will laugh at you if you, if you uh, make comments like that. So, and I heard knives out, um, knives out is also not like the best portrayal though. Um, I think, what my friend told me was that it was better than a beautiful mind at least. So I'll have to check it out. Um, but I mean, that comes to the, um, realization for me, uh, that go is a beautiful game. It's physically beautiful. It's, it's something that I really like to look at on screen and it, the, the, I don't know. There's something so primal about putting these little black and white stones on a, on a go like a piece of wood essentially um i was at um there's a store called book off with my uh, girlfriend the other day and uh it's kind of like this secondhand ish store it's japanese so you would expect you know some japanese stuff. they have like anime figurines and a uh, whole you know shelf full of manga but they also have a lot of other you know fiction history, nonfiction, all that stuff. They have all sorts of things. But I've never seen anything related to Go there other than like a couple of um, couple of volumes of Hikari no Go. But this last time that I visited, I was so shocked to find an actual book about Go. And it was in this tiny section and it was categorized in the like language and logic section or something. I don't I don't or I don't know what it was. It was like some it was just clearly not the right section for it, but I found it. And the book, I hadn't even heard of it before. I, I thought I've heard of like most of the big Go books. This one's called Winning Go. Um Successful Moves from the Opening to the End Game. And it's by Ris Richard Bozlich. I hope I'm not saying his name incorrectly, and Peter Shotwell. Uh, and you may recognize those names. Um, Rich, Richard Bozlich uh, is uh, known for the Get Strong at Tsuji book. Uh, and then Peter Shotwell, I have a book of his called Go More Than a Game. It's a good inter introductory book. And in this book, Winning Go, it's it's pretty cool looking. It's like it's got this like red and white schema with the you know the board. Um, the, uh, the, the, like, a just kind of like a rendering of the go board, 
uh, stretched across the book. It, it looks nice, and it's, it's in uh, 2010, so it's pre-AI stuff, but um, I plan to kind of leaf through it. Uh, it looks like it covers um, basic concepts for people who kind of have a, like uh, an initial understanding of the game. So like coming out of the beginner phase, but I always like re reading, you know, beginner books because, you know, they always say certain books are for beginners and it's always so not because Go is so hard that like, like when they're trying to, when people try to explain things in books about Go, they, like the authors often forget how little the reader may know and they just kind of assume certain that they're like, you, you often read a book and you say, and you read something like, so this is why you don't want to go here because this shape is terrible, right? Right? And then they move on. And you're like, no, I don't know. What What, what do you mean this shape is terrible? Why is that terrible? And it's like, this result is horrible for black. And you're like, is it? Oh, I'm, I, that was news to me. And you have to do some of your own due diligence to kind of dig up like what is the... Um, like why the author said that, right? And and it's really hard to teach Go ground up from a fundamental level. You have to do your own learning um, at some points. Um, I have too many books. I had to get this one though. I had to buy this one because it was a dollar. Um, and well, actually my girlfriend bought it for me. So thank you. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like having Go books. I don't think that they're the best for improving your game. If you're um, if you're trying to find ways to improve the game, um, I can't say that I would recommend to that person read a lot of Go books. Um, I think that consuming Go media, like YouTube and uh, reading books and things like that, it gets you kind of on the right track in order to like cover some mistakes right you play certain uh go players and you know they haven't cracked open a single book by the way they play certain josekis or whatever they know you know they don't watch youtube videos on how to play go because of the moves they play so it helps with certain normalization of of what you're supposed to do you know in a very general sense in my opinion that's that's kind of what it helps with but overall, like you're not gonna get like leaps and bounds of improvements um, just from reading books and watching videos. Um, what I've been trying to do is, well, the, the videos that I've been watching, I've been trying to put them on a real board and play out the sequences over and over again, read, practice reading, right? Things like that. If you're just kind of mindlessly leafing through and, and, uh, and just consuming the, the media as it comes, Eh, I don't know. It's arguable, like, or it, I'm not sure how much uh, benefit you'll get out of that, like how much measurable success you'll get out of that. But if you have like a Tsuji book and you're sitting there working through the problems, then and then you're just you're actually trying to understand every situation, then then yeah, I think that definitely has value. Um. Uh, last week I talked a lot about winning and why it feels good to win and why it's important to try to win in order to put value into your games. But this week, I want to talk a little bit more about the other side, uh, which is improving. 
because we improve to win, but sometimes we don't play to win. We play to improve. When I was um, trying to get back in, because I go, you know, I go through phases of uh, of go where I, I kind of take breaks and I and I take it easy, or I kind of get a little bit drained. I get discouraged by some kind of loss or losing streak. And I may take a break. I may take a step back. Or I may get back into it. I may I may see something and I may want to... I have that fire in me again to, to improve. And when I was trying to get back into the game at some, some point, I... Um, I was kind of anxious about playing games. And this wasn't a new feeling, but uh, I was like, kind of like, I didn't really want to play. I didn't want to queue up for a game because I was scared of losing or scared of what would happen, what, what the game might reveal about me. And it's funny because I remember sometimes um, clicking the play, the queue up button, the play button. And there's a, there was a part of me that I recognized that I didn't want to be matched with anyone. And it's like, I'm forcing myself to play. And like, I kind of understood that I did need to force myself to play in order to improve. But it's like, why am I forcing myself to play this game in order to be better at a game that I have to force myself to play? Um, I didn't have an answer for that. I just kept on doing what I was doing. And I just kind of played. I mean, once the game started, it was it was usually better. Where I was kind of having, you know, I was in the zone. That kind of flow state. Which is all, what, partly, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I play. When you're playing the game, the whole world melts away. You're you're just looking at the stones and, and they're just in... They're just so interesting. And everything is so interesting on the board. And... Um, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's really fun. But, but sometimes in the beginning, when you're trying to start the game, you can kind of get in your own head and you may not want to play because you have some kind of ladder anxiety. So when I was trying to get back into the game and I realized that I wasn't playing enough games, I realized I needed more experience. That whole, um, lose your 50 first games or hundred first games as fast as you can thing. I don't think that really stops being a thing. You shouldn't, um, because the whole point of that, what, what that saying is for is because when you look at a, um, a beginner player and you see that they're stressed about winning or losing games, you know that that's silly because they don't even know how to play and they need to play games. And that's why you, you stress, like lose the games, right? So that they don't get caught up about winning or losing because they need to play stones on the board and understand how they behave and, and observe how they move and interact with each other. And so that's why we say things like lose your first hundred games. But I don't think that stops becoming a thing. And so when I, when I noticed that I wasn't playing enough games in order to improve my game, I decided, hey, I'm going to treat these games like reps, exercises. I'm not going to care about winning or losing. And that kind of goes against everything I was saying last week about winning, but that was what was needed in order for me to really see why I was playing 
um, at that moment. And thinking of it as like just exercise and gaining experience really helped me just dive into every game um, without worrying about ranking up or down, winning or losing, and just realizing that every game is going to be so randomly like very varied. You're going to have good days and bad days, and you're going to be matched with a plethora of opponents at any given rank, right? The ranking system is not perfect. It's not going to give you perfect matches all the time. You're going to have people who are much stronger than you, much weaker than you. It's it's really a roll of the, of the dice when you um, queue up uh, for, for a game. And so you shouldn't put too much emphasis on trying to win or lose that day. Um, and so... By putting this like mentality on, this training mentality on, when I'm playing my games, it helped me take my games a lot more casually. It helped me kind of just have fun and just play my games out and enjoy my time playing the game and just kind of re- realizing that part of this is just some practice for improvement. And that helped me play a lot more games. And I was able to just kind of jump in every time. And and once I got used to jumping in every time, I got less anxious about playing the games. And I just felt really casual to me. And I just enjoyed it. But then what happens is, eventually, I may get a little more invested. A little more invested. And then I start to care about winning or losing. And the, and the anxiety comes back. Um, so it's a, it's a battle. You have to um, you have to understand yourself. You have to be aware of what your own you're going through in your own head as you're approaching the games. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, and it also helps that uh, I've been focusing more on uh, faster faster games rather than like long serious ones. Um, there's a lot to be said about. Um, whether it's better to play fast games or, or slow games. Um, and I'll definitely cover uh, that in a future episode um, because I have a lot to say about um, the time control on, on games that you should be playing. Um, but it's, uh, I, it's something I recommend if you haven't, if you have uh, experienced some kind of ladder anxiety, ranking rating anxiety, um, and if you if, if it's like your account that's bothering you, just make another account and just and just dive in and, and try to mess it up and don't get attached to that account more than you got attached to your first account. Which is why I don't think that it's really um, necessary to create another account. I think just it's not. I haven't created a, a secondary account at least not yet. Um, just just dive in, just play. Right, it doesn't matter. Like whatever happens on the screen that day, whatever happens during your game, like it's going to balance out eventually. Like you're, you have a strength within you that is constant and it's something that you have that can't be changed by external forces. And just because you lose a game, um, one day or two or three or four and and so on, that doesn't change your skill level. Your skill level is, is a constant thing and it's going to be, reflected in your your uh, results eventually and so just focus on building up that inner uh, sense of um, improvement and 
and uh, try to take things um, in a fun way. You never know what happens. I think that's part of the joy is that you never know what kind of game you're going to get into. You never know if uh, you'll, you'll get this long, drawn-out, uh, endgame-oriented game or if you'll get this massive kill in the beginning. If you'll get someone who get rages and quits really early on. It's, it's, all, it's all fun uh, to me. I think it's... Um, it's part of the 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 fun of just playing random games, and I I, f- I think like <clears throat> when I first um, when I went to my first tournament, uh, I was you know a little nervous as you could you would probably imagine, um, and after the tournament I realized, oh, you know what, playing Go in person or at a tournament like in a serious context is really nice and it's really like a cool eye-opening experience but it made me realize how much i love just kicking back relaxing clicking the stones on the on the board without without the pressure and just just having fun and uh it, i know i know it sounds totally different from what i said about <laughs> how important it is to want to win it's not that i don't want to win when i'm playing casually right when i'm when I'm playing casually, I still want to win really badly, but it's different. It just feels different. Um, there's less at stake, um, and you can want to win and also be casual at the same time. Um, and yeah, so I think that's uh, that's gonna do it for today. Um, how about a question of the day, question of the week? For this week, if you may want to share, um, do you experience any kind of ladder anxiety? What have you done to overcome that? Um, what other experiences have you had dealing with your hesitance to play Go? Have you gone through periods of time where you didn't like playing Go? There's a lot of questions of the week. Feel free to answer, discuss anything we've talked about or Bring up new stuff that we haven't talked about. I need ideas for future episodes. So keep the feedback coming. Um, I really appreciate every one of you listeners. And I hope you guys are all having fun playing Go. So keep playing Go. And I'll see you next time.